1: Thank you for joining us today. As children of God, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the price for our sins is paid in full. Yet, despite our Savior's priceless gift and immeasurable love for all people, past, present, and future, throughout the entire world, the sinless Son of God's redemptive love is, to a large degree, unappreciated. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy. You will want to take notes as Pastor Randall reminds us of Jesus Christ's supreme sacrifice being delivered to be crucified in place of one who deserved to die
0: i I, I have friends uh, who are even who are even pastors who have children who have committed suicide because they're teenagers and they their girlfriend broke up with them the boyfriend broke up with them they've just begun to live they've not married they've not gone to college uh the uh, they, they ought to be trying to figure out what college they're going to go to, what they want to be with their life, what career path they want to take. And they're so enamored with with, with this girl or this boy until when they say, oh, I don't want you anymore, they just lose it. They go into deep depression. They, they feel like they, they, it's, it, life is over. And sometimes there is a blessed addition and there's a blessed subtraction and their time with God. Takes the one you think you want out of your life because he's got something better for you in mind. So stop whining about what God has taken away. God is at work even when we don't understand. And you don't know what God is saving you from. Amen. Amen. Don't you dare commit suicide because of any man, any woman. I don't care how cute, how handsome, how much money they have, what they drive, who they are. Listen, you're not worth my life. Excuse me, but you ain't all of that. I belong to Jesus. And if you leave me, it's because God's got another that's better than you. Why don't y'all say amen What rejections do we encounter in life? Thirdly, many experience rejection because of separation and divorce. Don't you fool yourself just because you've been married 30 years, 40 years, that your marriage is uh, tamper-proof? That your marriage is is safe? Satan wants your marriage as much in your 30th year as he does in your first year. You didn't care about your tenure. No season is off season with Satan. Did you hear what I just said? I mean, sometimes that, that man, after being married to you all that time, all of a sudden he goes off to deep end. And sometimes that woman does. And, and you look around and they're, they're gone and you just wonder, what happened? And, and that hurts I mean, after all you put in a relationship, after all you, you sacrifice, your, your children, your grandchildren, all, your home, and all that you've gathered together, the places you've done, the, all the, the pictures on the wall, and all of these things, and you look around, you don't have a husband anymore. You don't have a wife anymore. And then you get, uh, you feel a sense of, uh, Unloved, because you see others who are still married, happily married, and then you look at your marriage and it fell to pieces. Let me tell you something that hurts when you've given that man your children, given him children, and you have educated him, you, you, you sacrifice for him, or vice versa, and then they go off for other reasons that there's a low premium nowadays on the institution of marriage. People don't value the marriage anymore. Marriage doesn't mean anything anymore. People just live together. They just have significant others. They'll stay together because if they get married, they're going to make less money. So they look how quiet it got in here. Then you'd be you'd be surprised how people stay married because they make more. I mean, not stay married, but they they'll stay together and not be, become married because it's more economically expedient. Are y'all hanging with me? Am I talking French or English or what? <laughs> Listen, I'd rather get married and make less and be in the will of God and trust him to take care of me than to stay there because I'll make a little more money living in sin. And by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. And some folks living together say, well, I, I'm i waiting maybe next year. What's so good about next year? Anytime you're in sin, you need to get out as fast as you can. Well, I want a big wedding, so I want a, not a gown and, and I want a big cake and I want these many cake Need a cake for you. you got five children in the house and you're not even married. You need to get married right now. What you talking What? Wait a minute. <laughs> you wait until next year. You in a mess right now. You in sin. You're a bad example to your children. you talking about next year? Get it right. Have something small. Get married. Nobody, you're not trying to impress folk. Save that money and put it in a marriage. I want a long gown. I don't even have a refrigerator. <laughs> oh, God, help me preach this message. Many experience rejection because of separation and divorce. Fourthly, children experience rejection when, when they are abandoned by their parents. Parents don't want the children. Just, uh, they, they just throw them away. They, don't wanna, they, just, they didn't really want to have children. They wanted sex without children, you know? And then you got parents also, parents also experience rejection when they are abandoned or neglected by their children. you giving given your children you all. You were there for them at the games. You sacrificed for them. You were on the bus with them. You were at the parent teachers' conferences. You took them out to Little League this, Little League that. You took them all here and all there. And let me tell you, you gave them everything but God. And now they don't even want you because you didn't put a spiritual foundation within them. And so they got they got education, they got soccer, they got basketball, they got football in them, they got cheerleading, cheerleading in them. They in every organization under the sun, but none of that can make them a good child. None of that can make them a holy child. None of that can make them a saved child. You got to put God in, the, in these children. God in the morning. God at noonday. God at night. You got to talk about the things of God. Don't you eat till you bless your food. We're going to talk about God. What did a preacher talk about today around the dinner table? It, it ought to be cell phones are not at this kitchen table. I don't want to hear a phone ring. If a cell phone's at this table, are you on suspension for a whole week? We're going to talk and communicate and have relationship. That's right. Children abandon abandon their parents, which results in anger, hurt, and pain. They're now in nursing homes and all kinds of places, and the children won't even come and see them. The forgotten ones. Be mindful. What you think is rejection could actually turn out as an opportunity for greater blessings for God to do a new thing in this season of your life. Now, let's transition again. How are we to respond when we are rejected? Now this it gets even bigger. How are we to respond when we are rejected? Number one, only when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can you effectively overcome rejection. You can't deal with rejection from God's perspective until, first of all, you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Acts 16, 31, A says, So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You gotta be saved. You got to know that you know you know you've been born again. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You must Ask him to come into your heart, believing in his death, burial and resurrection. Christ alone saved. you're not saved by works. You're not saved by, by who you are, uh, what what you what you've done and all this stuff on your own merits. You are saved by Christ alone to the glory of God alone. And once you've been saved, God will help you deal with rejection without salvation. You are fighting a losing battle with dealing with re- Rejection.
1: Servants of Jesus Christ must be willing to stand up for Jesus, no matter what the cost. In the words of an old hymn, stand up, stand up for Jesus, we soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail us, we dare not trust our own. We must put our trust in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Uh, Number two, accept
0: the things you cannot change. Accept the things you cannot change. It is what it is. Trust God and move on. Philippians chapter three, verses 13b through 14 says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I like verse 14. I press toward the goal. Just press on. Press on through the rejection. Press on through the hurt. Press on through the resentment, the animosity. You go home. You press on. You press on. You, for heaven's sake, press on. For God's sake, press on. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, refuse to allow rejection to paralyze your life. For your own sanity's sake. Let go of your past failures. You have nothing to gain from that. Let go of your past hurt. Let go of your past pain. And and rejection. And press on. God still has a purpose. And plan for your life. He is not through with you. And you got to believe that. Don't believe the words of people. Believe the words of God. God is not through with you yet. Thirdly. Uh, what, how do you respond to rejection? Realize it is not the end of the world, and God is at work even when we don't understand. It is not, it is not the end of the world. Uh, sometimes you get laid off, and, uh, and, and other persons are still there. Maybe the person who keeps coming toward it, uh, keeps the job. Uh, favoritism, uh, racial prejudice, or whatever it is, injustices. That's just a way of life. Jesus was treated Injustly in this text, but but, but he didn't act like them. Realize it is not the end of the world, and God is at work, even when we do not understand. Romans 8.28 is a fabulous scripture, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Genuine faith is trusting Christ in the midst of your circumstances, even when you don't understand what God is up to and believing that God is working things out for his glory and and your good. Let me just say let me just say that again. And we know that all things, that's something everything is that's happening to you is not an accident, not a coincidence. God is orchestrating your life. Just keep your eyes on him and know that he's in control and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, okay. genuine faith is trusting Christ in the midst of your circumstances, even when you do not understand what He is up to, and believing that God is working all things out for His glory and your good. Number four, uh, how do you respond uh, to rejection? Refuse to quit. Refuse to. Qu- I-, I quit the church. I'm out of here. You have problems on your job. You don't just run away. You never, you never get a paycheck. Refuse to quit. You, you go through all kinds of stuff on your job. They make changes on your job, mistreat it on your job. Sometimes you, work longer hours and less pay and on and on and on it go. They cut back on benefits. They cut back on this and that and increase your hours. And you just stay there and sweat it out and tough it out. Sometimes stick your mouth out. But you don't quit. You're too close to retiring, too close to this or that. And you hang in there, refuse to quit. God does not reward quitters. You need to to write that down because some of y'all about to quit something here. You about to quit your marriage or you about to quit. You about to give up on your children. You about to give up on you, you about to leave your blessing because God put you there, but you've lost sight that he put you there. Refuse to quit, God does not reward quitters. Jesus completed his mission for us and we should complete our mission for him. Therefore, maintain good church attendance. When you come, you get messages like this so that you can deal and cope better with life. Have a biblical perspective and not a political correct perspective. Not a media's perspective, not a politician's perspective. A Bible perspective. Maintain good church attendance. That's why uh, Satan keeps you from the church and give you every distraction imaginable to keep you away because he don't want you to hear messages like this because he wants to destroy you. Maintain good church attendance. Faithfully serve in ministry. If you're not in one ministry of the church, my friend, you are out of the will of God. You can work these jobs and go different places and uh, you enjoy life and do whatever you want to do, but you don't have any room in your life for God. Your life is out of order spiritually. And keep telling the lost about the good news of Jesus Christ. We had to witness the witnessing teams on the uh, in the neighborhoods across the street, and we we were telling folk about Jesus all through that neighborhood. Happy Resurrection. We, we, uh, we talked to Mormons and. Those who blo- even belong to other churches, we I, had spoke a word to them, prayed with a young man whose child was just uh, giving him headaches, just uh, all kind of tense, attention def- deficit disorder and all kinds. we laid laying hands and praying on him. Here's another lady walking down the street, pushing a buggy with kids. And as we're going, I said, Holy it, I wrote down to wonder, happy resurrection. And I gave her a card, and here's another person. I stopped Aubrey, I blew the window down. Happy resurrection. I'm giving out cards, not only knocking on doors, but even rolling down the window, handing out cards with everything on it. You can't talk to everybody, but give them a card. I was at H E B shopping just the other day. Ooh, the people could shout. I wish they come to church like they shop for groceries. Ooh. I just wanted about three or four items. Oh, my goodness, I parked all the way to the access road on I-35. Had to walk all the way. They even had a cop out there directing traffic in the main area. I said, they got a cop out here. All these folk. I wish people sought their spiritual food like they do their physical food. (laughs) Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I wish people were just as hungry for spiritual food. And I was in there, and I got, finally got in there, finally got up to the cashier and all of that, and she was saying, oh, my hair and stuff is making me so hot. I said, well, you don't have to have hair, you know. And I took my hat off, and she looked. She said, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I did. I turned witness, So I said, happy Resurrection Sunday. She said, happy Easter. I said, happy Resurrection. She said, well, I can't say that around here. i said, say, I don't know why you, why you can't. I mean, it's the truth. Uh, folk are not going to be saved by being politically correct. Uh, it's only the truth going to set you free. So, happy Resurrection. She looked at me and carried on. Scared to say happy Resurrection weekend. I was at the cleaners uh, uh, a, a few days ago. I said, Happy Resurrection. She, say, she said, Happy Easter. She's a Christian. Not, Easter's not a bad word. Don't get me wrong, but resurrection is a more powerful word. I said, She said, Happy Easter. I said, Happy Resurrection weekend to you. She said, You know what? You got a good point. Do you realize you are a witness when you keep the main thing, the main thing? Amen? Don't Don't you quit. Don't you quit. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. This is a powerful text that says, looking unto Jesus. That's how you keep from quitting. Keep your eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. They treated him shamefully, spat upon him, cursed him, mocked him, maligned him, and had sat down. He went through all of that, didn't quit. And then he he finished his work and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know why he sat down? Because his work was finished. Some of y'all sitting and you haven't got started yet. Verse 3 says, for consider him who endured such hostility. They were hostile against Christ from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You say, God, you don't understand. Yes, he does. That's why this passage is here. Jesus did not quit, and neither should we. Beloved, had Jesus quit because of rejection, all of of us in this room would still be lost and headed to a Christless eternity in hell had Jesus quit. The redemptive work of God would not have been accomplished. But thank God he stayed the course, and he finished. How do we respond to rejection? Number five, realize that when it comes to rejection, You are not alone. Jesus himself experienced rejection. Luke 23, 18 says, and they all cried out at once. That's a whole lot of folk out there. I mean, it was a bunch of them against Jesus. They said, away with this man, and released us Barabbas, Barabbas. They chose a notorious robber and insurrectionist over Jesus who was perfect, Over over Jesus, who was sinless and over Jesus, who was righteous. Jesus experienced rejection after rejection, after rejection, after rejection, after rejection. Luke 17, 25 says, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. The scripture also says in the gospel of John, chapter one, verse 11, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Uh, uh, Jesus even experienced rejection from his own siblings. Because in the gospel of John chapter 7 verse 5 it says, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. His own family re- uh, rejected him. There are people under my voice. You've been rejected by family members. Rejected because you're different. Rejected because you're a Christian Rejected because you don't go along with evil, messy stuff. You are not the only one who has experienced rejection. In other words, you are in good company. Jesus himself experienced rejection, so why do you think you should be exempt from it? As a matter of fact, the scripture says in Luke 6, 26a, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Beloved, when you are living holy and obeying the holy scriptures in a sinful, wicked, and vile culture, expect animosity, resentment, and rejection because your lifestyle and the presence of God in your life convicts those around you and make them feel very uncomfortable because they're living so immorally. They have no values. And so your holy lifestyle convicts them of their sins. Number 6. Refuse to allow Satan to lure you into addictions because of your rejection. Refuse to allow Satan to lure you into your into addictions because of rejection. Many respond to rejection by turning to drugs. I just give up they get on drugs, they get on alcohol, they get very angry and bitter, they get depressed. Uh, they, They lose hope and even become suicidal. The gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Beloved, continue to live in hope. Continue to believe God. Continue to worship God. Don't lose focus. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Number seven, when rejected, refuse to seek revenge because it never, it is never the answer. I'm going to get them back. They don't know who they're messing with. I know how to get them back in such a way they'll never know who did it, but I got them. Let me tell you something. Refuse, when rejected, refuse to seek revenge. It is never, never, never the answer. How do you know that? Leviticus 19.18, if I had time, I'd give you a a whole litany of other scriptures. But Let me give you this one. Leviticus 19.18 says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Instead of retaliating, Jesus asked the Father to forgive the very ones who put him on the cross. How do you know that? Because of Luke 23, 34, which says, Then Jesus said his first sayings from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. They nailed his hand. They nailed his feet. They They pierced his side. They put a crown of thorns around his head. They spat on him. And instead of him calling a legion of angels to destroy him, creating an earthquake to swallow him up, he didn't do anything. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Beloved, you are never authorized to get even. Take the high road. Say that with me. Take the say it a little bit louder. Take say it a little bit louder. Take the high road and allow God to fight your battles. Do not take matters into your own hands. Instead, instead allow God to vindicate you. I love that great passage in Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. Have you ever had God to fight your battles? God can fight in a way that no one else can fight. The Lord knows how to fight for you. The Lord has wisdom in his fighting. (laughs) I love that scripture. It's my scripture. I love it. It ought to be yours. You better claim it. You better claim it. You better claim it. The Lord fight for you and you
1: shall hold your peace in today's message we come to the realization both biblically and personally that we sometimes fall short of standing up for jesus how can we be christ-like if we're only doing what we feel comfortable with rather than doing all that god has called us to do what then shall we do with jesus who is called christ go all the way with him if you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109.